My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. God bless you. You may be seated. 2020 has been a very unique year, but it has been a year that I believe that we can continue to, with expectation, believe that God is at work. God's at work in our country. God's at work in our world. And I thank the Lord that he's still at work in this church. He's at work in my life. And I want to, I want to raise my level of expectation. And I asked Brother Greg Stone to talk about this the other Wednesday night, but decided to move him on to this Sunday night platform for him to be able to speak that word to us. And Brother Greg Stone, we appreciate it. He has done an outstanding job with Purpose Institute. And I think we ought to give him a great hand in working so hard to help us with Purpose Institute. He has done a phenomenal job. Brother Greg Stone, I want you to come and speak that word to us that I asked you to do on that Wednesday night, and then I'll close it out. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And, and now he always calls my name and gives me credit for all this stuff. But I'm just going to tell you, without the team that I aggravate, ain't none of it getting done. I'm just being honest with you. So I, I really appreciate all those that do what they do to help out. Y'all can be seated. And I appreciate and love this church. Do you love this church? I appreciate Brother and Sister Kinsey stand for truth. Amen. I honor them for that and respect them. So I'll get out of the way real quick, and Brother Superman can come do his thing. And we can have some church up in the house. Amen. Back around March, uh, a voice began speaking in our world that's started speaking louder than it has ever spoken before. It was a voice of fear, destruction, and anxiety, and depression. Now, and, and I'm not downplaying the pandemic. Please. Uh, don't think that. There's a difference in a healthy fear and a spirit of fear. And a spirit of fear began to uh, come upon many people, and everything was turned upside down. Church buildings were closed. People were scared, and they even coined, this voice even coined a new phrase, welcome to the new normal. How many of y'all hate that phrase? <laughs> I was looking for Sister Dana because I figured she would shout on that phrase. <laughs> and I've heard, I've heard preachers and evangelists and teachers and scholars all over the world saying during this time of the pandemic that America needs to repent and the world needs to repent and get right with God. And while I agree with that wholeheartedly, I believe that God has taken this time and has also been speaking and preparing his church for what he wants his people to do. 
In fact, I, that may be why all this happened. I don't really, I'm not even going to go there. But since March, I've heard more reports. I've seen more videos. I've seen more posts on social media of people receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name that I may have even seen in my entire life. Because the church does not shut down. In fact, the church in 2020 has had apostolic revival. It didn't come quite like we thought it was going to come, but God's got his own way of doing things. And here's what I believe. I, I, I'm just going to share this briefly. Here's what I believe that God is speaking to the church. I believe God has his own phrase for the church. Are y'all ready for this? I don't know if y'all really going to like what I'm fixing to say right now, but I believe here's what God is saying to the church. Welcome to your new normal. I'm not talking about social distancing or having to wear a mask. I'm talking about an apostolic move of God. I'm talking about an unprecedented revival. I'm talking about miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe people are going to walk into this house and be healed instantly by the power of an almighty God. There are people that are going to come to this church. Backsliders are going to walk in these doors and be restored because there is a new normal. God God's got his church on fire. He's got a power and authority he's trying to impart to us. I believe the church had it right. I got, I got to slow down. I believe the church had it right in 2020 because so many churches in, in January 1st said our new uh, motto for the year is uh, Vision 2020. <laughs> And if you could ask them today, 99% of them would say, can I go back and change that? But you know what? The vision of the church is still the same as it was then. God's vision hasn't changed. He just shook a little of our boats a little bit to try to get us to align with his vision. Because when I'm looking through my eyes, I'm seeing destruction. I'm seeing chaos and confusion. I'm seeing a world where I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. But when I look through his eyes, I see a world that's hungry for an apostolic move of God. I see people running to the altars, crying out for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Can I just say it right now? Don't be surprised when they walk up on your job and say, Can you take me home and find a trough or a creek or a river and baptize me in the name of Jesus? Don't be surprised when you go to Walmart if they say, Can you lay hands on me right here in this middle aisle and pray for me? I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because the darker it gets in this world, the brighter your apostolic light is going to shine. All right, I'm done. I got, let me, let me just, let me 
teach to you just for about 10 minutes, and he's going to do this. In 2 Corinthians, you don't have to stand. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now you're saying, how can I be a part of this? I've seen people, even from this church, during this pandemic, step out of their comfort zone. There's people in this church giving Bible studies. They ain't never gave a Bible study before. I hope it's okay if I said that. If not, then uh, it ain't going to be the first time I've been in trouble. <laughs> See y'all in a year. <laughs> I'm sorry. So how can you do this? How can you be a part? He gave me three words to speak about. And, and uh, I want to just share that with you real quick. The first one is expectation. And that's something expected, just something you look forward to, a goal you want to achieve. And the other one is a vision that's something you dream or you see you want, that you want to happen. But for all that to happen, you've also got to have advancement. You've got to grow. And I want to tell you right now, you're not going to grow on accident. You're not going to grow on accident. It has to be on purpose. That's why he preaches the rule of five. That's why he does all that stuff, because it has to be on purpose. And I actually was putting a lesson together for Life Connect. We used to have that upstairs many years ago. And I, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I do miss it. But I'm just thankful that we can come into the house of God, and I'm not having to live stream. And... I was going to talk about some things, and I said, I'm not going to talk about the caterpillar and the butterfly because everybody talks about that, and I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> so I put all this lesson together, and I emailed it to my iPad, and the Lord said, you need to go study a little bit about the caterpillar and the butterfly. <laughs> so I lost that argument, and I just want to share this with you real quick because I believe we can all be involved in what's fixing to happen. Because I think 2020, as a, as a society and as a culture and a world, is going to get worse. Sorry. But I think the church is going to get better. It's going to keep rising on up. How many of y'all were blessed in 2020? I don't, I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I got about, I just got a few more minutes. I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't understand all these apostolic Christians that are saying 2020 is the worst year they've ever had. Because I'm just going to tell you, I've been just as blessed in 2020. I've probably been blessed more in 2020 than I was in 2019. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be no super Christian. There were times I woke up with some fear and some anxiety because I didn't know what was going to happen, and I didn't know if I was going to have a job the next day, and, and I didn't know what was going on. But the peace of God, Brother Kenzie would get up and speak a word, or Brother Daniel or Brother Jeremy would get up and speak a word, and God would say, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Just because the world is in chaos doesn't mean my people have to be in chaos. Just because this world's going crazy and they're, they're scared to death and they're, and they're just going nuts doesn't mean you can't have peace in your house. 
I've been blessed more on my job in 2020 than I've probably been blessed in the 21 years that I've been there. My relationship with God grew in 2020, even though I was not in the house of God, because my relationship with him is not predicated upon coming into this building. Because if they shut us down tomorrow, I've still got a relationship with him. It's time for the church to wake up and realize we've got a job to do. I'm going to say this if I'm in trouble again. Brother Nose was teaching Friday night in Purpose Institute, and he made a point. And I got to thinking all these churches was to shut down. They were closed, and Brother Kinsey couldn't get to everybody. He just couldn't do it. And the Lord just kind of spoke to me and said, that's why I'm raising all these other people up. You don't have to have a minister's license. You don't have to be on the platform on a Sunday night. You don't have to sing lead in the choir. You got hungry people on your job that are broken and confused right now. And I'm just going to tell you, the Republican Party's not the answer. And the Democratic Party's not the answer. There's only one answer. I got two minutes. <laughs> We have to go through a transformation process. It's hard, but God's got to take us through that. Do you know that a caterpillar does not have to transform and become a butterfly? Does not have to. However, if it does not, guess what happens to it? It starves to death and it dies. You don't have to transform. But guess what happens if you don't? Guess what happens if you don't? Spiritually, you will die. How many of you love the Word of God? My hope is in, in the Word of God. I know those PI students are sick of me because I tell them in multiple times in the lesson, you better read your Bible. You need to stay in that Word because they need to know. You need to know the truth. And it's important you know that when a caterpillar hatches or a butterfly lays her eggs on a leaf, she has to lay them on the specific leaf that that caterpillar will eat. If she lays them on the wrong one, the caterpillar will not eat it, and it will starve to death. That's how powerful the Word of God is. We've got to build on a sure foundation. Huh? Let me tell you something. I don't care who says it. I don't care what they got in front of their name. If it's not in the book... If it's not in the Word... 
He said, I sent my word to heal the sick. Not a word from somebody that don't know nothing about the word. I'm going to move on. <laughs> so if you want to win souls, you've got to be transformed. You've got to go through a process. Do you know that a, a caterpillar cannot reproduce? A caterpillar cannot reproduce. Insects go through stages culminating in their final image. And the distinguishing factor between a caterpillar and a butterfly is a caterpillar can't reproduce, but a butterfly can. So here it is. A caterpillar can live a totally full life of caterpillary wholesomeness. But they can't have descendants until they transform. So you can come to church every time the doors are open. Now I'm in trouble. But if you don't transform, you want to you wanna win somebody to God? Let God take you through a transformation process that gets you completely out of the way. And when they look at you, all they see is him. I know the process is hard, but if we want to win souls, we got to let God take us through that process. Because until you're transformed, you can't reach anybody. We have to advance. Butterflies and caterpillars don't just look different. They behave differently. One lives in the trees and the other flies. One eats leaves, but the other one feasts on nectar. The vision of the church has to be more alive now than it has ever been. Come on up, Brother Kenzie, I'm done. We just need to advance. <laughs> they want to hear you. We ain't, come on, we ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> they shouting, so I'll hurry up. <laughs> Here we go, and, and, I'm, and I'm walking off. We have to advance. Yes, it's a mess out there. But where do you live? Out there. Out there is revival. Out there is soul winning. Out there is advancement. I love the in here. I love worshiping with you. But God loves the out there too. I'm expecting a move of God like this church has never seen before. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Wow. Somebody ought to shout some praise on that word. You can stay a caterpillary, wholesome self, but I'm going to transform. I want to feast on the nectar until souls are born again of water and of spirit. That's what this church is about. 
Somebody ought to rejoice in the Lord. Now, if you can tolerate me for seven minutes, I'll let you be seated. It's exciting in the house. I gave him three words, expectation, vision, and advancement. I'm going to show you where those three words came from in my spirit last year while I was preaching in West Virginia, and I was seeking God because I needed direction. I needed to know how are we going to move the church into a new dimension of revival and a new dimension of advancement. It just seems like no matter how we attempt to do it or what we do, it just doesn't seem to wake people up. And I was just burdened in my spirit and I went to this meeting and, and the Lord spoke to me in the first message and said, I want to raise your level of expectation. You're not expecting me to do what I want to do and I need to change you and grow you so you can expect me to do the impossible. Wow. And so I said, okay, well, I'm, I want to raise my level of expectation and I want you to start expecting two things. I want you to expect restoration. And I said, well, I believe that it restoration, but you're going to have to wake people up if you're going to restore to them because they need to know what they've lost. And some people can't even understand what they've lost. I said, what are you going to have to do to wake us up? I should not have asked that question. <laughs> it's my fault. They blame me anyway, so <laughs> they're blaming the church for the virus. It came out of China, not out of the Pentecostal movement. And I have my own viewpoint of my studies on exactly where that virus came from and how it developed, but we, we won't go there right now. And then the Lord said, I want to give a breakthrough. I said, how are we going to get a breakthrough? Because everybody's so satisfied. I said, how in the world are we going to produce a breakthrough? He said, start expecting restoration, that I'm going to stir people up like I have never stirred them before, and that I am going to get the, give the church a breakthrough. I, and this is what I was mourning over. I've been to churches in all over the world, and I've been in Louisiana preaching in those local churches, and I'm seeing them devastated by a culture, an internal Pentecostal culture that has totally robbed the church of revival and the possibility for growth because of their attitude, and they're offended, and they're wounded, and they're this, and they're that, and they're other. And I said, God, we need a breakthrough where we can get past all. I said, what are you going to have to do? And guess what happened? COVID-19. I mean, people are changing stuff they have never been able to change in Pentecostal churches that would not be tolerated six months ago. They would have had an attitude breakdown, but God said, I can do it in one moment. And I'm going to tell you something. You get ready. He ain't done yet. But I say the church is still the church. And there's going to be a revival breakout. 
and what we just heard, God wants to do it for every individual in this house. Somebody needs to start expecting something. I'm talking about loved ones that would never darken the door of this church are coming back to Jesus and God is going to restore them. Woo! I say restoration. If you're not over your attitude, you ought to get over it or God will send something worse on you and take you down. I say, stir us up. I'm tired of the status quo. I'm tired of just coming to church and business as usual. I want to see these altars filled. And they don't even need to be in the altar. We can speak to them in the balcony. We can speak to them on the back row and say, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And everything in the house get it at the same time. Now, I was at Brother Kilgore's church and I've never seen anything like this. So this is the kind of revival that I believe God wants to give us. And, and there were 40 deaf people. Uh, there was actually more than 40. There was probably 100 deaf people. They could not hear. And so they were in the congregation pretty much every service between 50 and 100. But this service, there was about 100 of them. Many of them had the Holy Ghost, but 40 of them didn't. And I, you know, and, and Brother Kilgore was just mentioning to me, and the, the lady who was over that deaf ministry of the church said, we just haven't had a breakthrough, and we just can't seem to break through and help these people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost was just moving powerfully in that revival and I said, well, we're going to take care of that. And I said, because there's no reason for me to go down there and pray for them individually. They can't hear anything I have to say. So there wouldn't be any reason other than to lay hands on them, having a point of contact, wouldn't be any reason. So I said, well, what we're going to do is I'm just going to speak to them in Jesus' name. And I'm going to speak to that group of deaf people that have not received the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost is right, and she said, okay, when it's right, I want you to step out and I want you to speak it and I'll do it. I said, okay. So it was right. I mean, you know, it was one of those kind of services. It was, it was moving. It was jiving. It was doing its thing. It, we were butterflying in the house. <laughs> it was a butterfly night because we were not playing caterpillar that night. And so I, I felt the authority and I felt the spirit. I've never seen this happen before. But I spoke to those people in Jesus' name, and she interpreted it. I said, it's ready, it's time. So I spoke it, she interpreted it, and all 40 of them got the Holy Ghost simultaneously. At the same time. And they all opened their mouth and spoke. Don't tell me God's not a miracle worker. Don't tell me we can't do the same thing here in Pensacola. If God's ever done it, he can do it again. He can use you. He can use us. We can see it happen in the name of Jesus. Somebody. Woo! 
It's time for a butterfly night. So we need to expect the breakthrough. Expect the restoration. In, in, in spite of the impossibilities of it. In spite of what it seems like can't happen. Because I said, God, I, I, and I really, I was praying. I said, I don't have any idea other than a nuclear war do I know would shake people. And, I, and this, I mean, I was just being honest with God. I said, God, what are you going to have to do? And, and he was just sort of a microcosm because this is only a microcosm. You, you think this virus is bad. You ought to see what they're preparing in in the, in the place it came from China because there are businesses all over that place that generate biological agents. They study this. That's where it came from. It didn't come from a wet market. <laughs> I'm sorry. It did not come from a wet market. You can believe that baloney if you want to, but I promise you they're lying to you. It came from a laboratory. There are laboratories, not just one, many. In the, what, what province? The Wuhan. I thought that was a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> you ought to see what they've got going there now. Well, I'm telling you, church, we're living in the last day. And the pale horse is in the book of Revelations, and it was not put there or written there for our understanding for naught. It is the plagues and the viruses that will be unleashed in the last day. And that day is upon us. But we don't need to allow that to cause us fear. And I'm in agreement with what Brother Stone said. I take this pandemic and these viruses very seriously. But just because they're serious doesn't mean I stop being the church. Yes, they can kill you if they get a hold of you just right. They can knock you out. But I'll tell you right now, I've got a healer whose name is Jesus. And I've got a God who can triumph over all of it. To God. So you can stand. I'm done. Y'all have tolerated me enough. But I'm so hungry for this. I've been expecting it. I didn't know what God was going to do to shake us up. I didn't know how God was going to break us out. I didn't know. I mean, I'm talking to preachers all over the world that are experiencing church and revival in ways that nobody would have let them do six months ago without having a literal mental meltdown. And I'm serious about the mental meltdown. That's not an exaggeration. That is just as serious as I can be about it. Ignorant, but it's serious. But God broke it all up. One virus. Not two, but one. My, my, my. And I, I'm just amazed 
well, I was expecting something a little different. <laughs> quite, quite expecting that. I've had dear friends. I've lost them to this virus. Good men of God. I love dearly. Blessing to the kingdom of God. So I take it very seriously. So, but by the same token, I also know the powers behind it and what's happening in our world. I understand that as well. Now, what do you want? What do you want? I'm going to ask you again. What do you want? What do you really, really want? You're going to have to transform. You're going to have to take the shackles off of God. You're going to have to take the shackles off the pastor. You're going to have to free the church up to do it however we got to do it matters not as long as it's Christ exalting and it's based on the word of God and it's based on apostolic truth and holiness there ought not be an objection in the house ought to be hey how can I help what can I do I can't I can't wait to get a hold of somebody and see them receive the Holy Ghost yes if I have to speak to them it works both ways I can lay hands on them or I can speak to them both ways work but be careful how you mock apostolic identity don't let the devil get a hold of you and mock the laying on of hands or the speaking of the word. You better get that up out your spirit. You better go in a cocoon somewhere and get that caterpillar mess up out you. Because you're going to starve to death. Woo! I don't want it to happen to the church down the street and it miss First Pentecostal Church. Woo! I want us to experience revival like we've never experienced it before. Amen. Now, if you've been bothered by that spirit of anxiety and fear, and it's just like Brother Greg was saying, we would wake up, and I did too, Brother Greg, wake up and not know what's going to happen tomorrow. And that spirit will seize your heart. I mean, it'll seize you. I mean, it'll, it, it's like somebody grabbed your throat and, and you know it to be true. I mean, grab your throat like it's choking the life out of you. And I said, what in the world is this? And I start speaking to that spirit. And I said, you're a spirit of fear. I know what you are. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I'd like to say it just left me immediately, but sometimes I had to wrestle with it. Slap it around. We wrestle. We roll on the floor. We, uh, he got a few punches in, but I swung too. I don't know if I hit anything, but I sure did try. But I came out on the other side victorious. And I want to share my victory with you. I said, you can win this fight, church. 
You can overcome this in the name of Jesus. Now, if that spirit of fear has been bothering you, I want you to just step out in the aisle. We're, all we're going to do is speak to you. We're just going to speak it in right to you. If you want to be prayed for and people lay hands on you, you can come to the front. That's our signal, permission, that we can lay hands on you. If you don't want it, but you want us to speak to you, you just step out in the aisle and we'll speak it because God can do it from speaking. We don't have to be all over you. It'll at least keep people from giving you the Pentecostal massage. Praise God. At least we got that. Amen. Hallelujah. It's something good coming out of it. So just step out right now because God's going to break that spirit off of you in the name of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost fire about to be poured out upon somebody in this house that no longer wants to be bothered by that spirit. That doesn't mean you don't take seriously what's happening in our world. Surely you do. Surely you're going to take it seriously. But we're going to take it seriously because we know who we are and Jesus is going to give us the word of wisdom to be able to speak in this hour and address the circumstance and see the situation overcome. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.